Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Um, our privilege today, of course, to introduce, uh, we've mentioned them this morning, but we have not given them the introduction they deserve. Len and Lori Rutten uh, are rock stars in the kingdom of God. They have planted churches in South Africa. They were missionaries in South Africa for years and other neighboring nations they had influence in. Uh, have a wonderful family, beautiful daughters, beautiful son-in-laws, beautiful grandchildren. I mean, everything they do, they do well, it seems like. I want you to know that some of you may not remember, but Pastors Len and Lori were with us for a Christmas banquet last year. And for those of you, just so you know, at the end of the service, for those of you who still need healing from that message, there will be a line forming over here. Pastor Len will come and pray for you at the end of the service today. All right, and if you weren't there, well, you should have been because then you might need healing too. Uh, Len and Lori, we are so privileged to call you our friends. We learned so much from you. We feel blessed uh, that you're able to be with us this morning, and we're so excited to hear what God has put on your hearts for our church today. Church, would you welcome Pastors Len and Lori as they come and share with us this morning. I know it's being filmed, so that's okay. And we are doing everything totally right hygienically and just for the sake of the record. Amen. Hallelujah. What a privilege to be here. I just want to say thank you, you guys. Lori and I are, we are amazed to be invited and to be part of a day like this and just your kindness and hospitality. Thank you. And we do appreciate the relationship with this church and with you guys, Travis and Amy, and to get to know your deacons and elders and hang out. I, what a, it's a privilege. And I see some of you guys are I got to get back to Edmonton and get those guys growing beards because some of you guys, I, I can see what's coming in the man conference. Yeah, man prince, yeah. I see you guys are cheating. <laughs> we need to grow some beards quick. But, man, I got so much to say and I want to stay within our precious time and I honor that seriously. And I know God wants to work in hearts and lives and is and calling people up. One of the words we've had for many lately is, is God is calling people up. Step up. Come up. Come up. There's more. There's more of the kingdom. There's more to do. There's more to enjoy. There's more of everything. But just before I just read the scripture, this is Pastor Appreciation Month. Amen? Do you know that? I don't know who made that up. It's a great thing, but I see churches online and I see uh, Facebook pages and stuff and just churches that are appreciating their pastors, appreciating their leaders, their deacons and elders, those who serve, those who are up front, those who give their time and their energy to, to serve the body. And it's a good thing to do that. And, you know, I was talking with friends in the city and, you know, we can get all grandiose and say, you know, it's, it's, I don't need appreciation. That's a lie. I need it. You need it. We all need it. We all need, we didn't do this work for 40, 50, 60 years to, for, you know, I know we're going to get a reward in heaven and that's some people's favorite saying to tell us, you know, we'll keep you poor and God will keep you humble in one day in heaven, whatever. It's, but to appreciate one another. And so I just want to be a voice here this morning. Not that Travis and Amy are needy or the deacons and elders of this church are needy, but to appreciate them 
and to thank God for them and to show it. Can I just challenge you to do that? You know, I know Amy was saying, take these guys for lunch. Buy them a farm. Do something. Like, <laughs> appreciate them. Um, and trust me, Travis didn't pay me to say this, but listen to me. Here's a, here's a value for you to hang on to. If this leadership team is healthy and strong and full of joy for decades, if they are encouraged, have courage put into them, built into them by, by their team itself and by this church and the people who they love and, and serve, imagine what that does for the kingdom of God. And I don't know if you believe it or not, but it's true. The best thing that can happen to this church is to have a healthy team that leads it. Amen? To be full of courage and to be full of joy and full of passion and to, to be built up and to be strengthened. And I say it, it's for your sake as well as for our sake, as I'm on this side of the, the pulpit this morning. You need to do it. You will receive a, the reward of a prophet if you give a cup of water. You know, you know all the, the verses. There's a reward. There is something that happens when you... Praise God. It's not because God is needy. It's because he's built us that way to, to worship him. And when we worship him, we get something out of it. It strengthens us. It's like a, a couple who fall in love. They never get tired of sharing their love for one another. And when you tell your spouse how much you appreciate and love them, you get something. And they get something. And so just take it for what it is. But I would just encourage you to support and to pray for, to bless, to encourage the team that leads this church. And the team that leads this church to hold up the hands of Travis and Amy in practical ways, in every way. Is that okay? Will you receive that this morning? And I know I'm talking to the choir, but man, I get tired of meeting with pastors who are burnt out and who are tired. And like, here's, here's the deal, and we'll say it over and over. If you sit on Zoom meetings and you're meeting with leaders. There's, there's no winning right now. There's no win. There's no way to win. In our part of the world, you, you tell people, wear a mask, others won't come. You tell them, don't wear a mask, others won't come. You know what I mean? It's like, we have too many meetings. We're too close. We're too far apart. We, we should, what are we doing? Distancing. So no matter what you say, you're offending someone. And so this is a season when we need to encourage one another. And I'm not saying this from a place of need. I'm encouraged. But I'm telling you, I need encouragement. And, you know, if you want me to get real, I'll get real as you want to get. Because this is, I guess they're recorded, so that's dangerous. But, <laughs> you know, I, I see you know, just this week, young man in our church, he gets a brand new watch for five years of faithful service in his business. I'm like, what the hell? I've been doing this for 40 years. I have not got a watch. And you, you say, is this guy bitter or what? No, but it's like, what is that? If I started a newspaper delivery business, I could reward myself every month. But somehow there's this feeling, well, they're the servants. They're, doing, they're serving us. They're doing this for us. How about, and here's my scripture to back it up. It's like, obey your leaders or follow your leaders. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls. Think of that. Because this is an ordination service. This is for setting in deacons today. This is, this is I'm, I'm starting my message now. <laughs> <laughs> if 
For they're keeping watch over the, your souls. Think of the value of that and the importance of that. As those who will have to give an account. Do this so their work will be joy. Amen? Do it. So their work will be a joy, not burdensome. That for what for that would be of what or no advantage to you. Sorry. I keep looking at the lights and then I go blind here. Make their job easier. Hold up their hands is what I'm trying to say. Are you going to do that? Are you prepared to do that? To to walk with support, encourage. For what purpose? So the kingdom of God can go ahead. You know, if as leaders, as deacons and elders, they have committed themselves to serve this house, to, to lay down their life, and we've prayed for them, and we encourage them, and, and it's the greatest privilege there is. I don't want, ever want to lose that privilege. But we need encouragement from one another. We need to stand together, just as you do, no matter what you are doing in your life and what you're facing. So I want to encourage you to stand with these new deacon couples. They put a target on themselves. They say, they put up their hand, I'll serve the Lord. The enemy's not happy. He will come after them. But we encourage one another, amen, and we stand with them. So as I get warmed up, the, I just want to encourage you with the importance of the call that's on our lives to be leaders in the church. And it's for all of us. This message is for everyone, but I'm dedicating it more to the new deacons and to the couples that serve this church. But the, the importance of it, guarding someone's soul. See, I, I grew up, we were an unsaved family. We went to church every week, but we were unsaved. We were very religious. <laughs> we were Catholics, but could have been anything. Um, so when we got saved, our parents were not that excited about it. Because my brother, he was in third year of university, he was, had one year to go, and he quit university and went to Bible college. So my parents were like, what is this? It's okay to be religious, just don't let it affect your life. That's exactly their words. <laughs> and then I was, you know, six, seven years younger than that, and got saved, so they were, they were already starting to prepare. And I remember having the meeting, and I've probably shared this, but... You know, if you go to Bible school, you're on your own. If you go to university, we'll cover everything. And making a choice at 15, that's why I love seeing 15-year-olds make choices that change the rest of your life. And take those stands, as Laurie said, Nathan. Just, that's the point where God just grips you and you just keep saying yes and saying yes to God. But my point is this, there wasn't a lot of encouragement to be in ministry. In fact, I went into the ministry kind of with this feeling, well, it's me and Jesus, you know, and part of what I was a part of as a denomination back in the day, there was kind of this feeling, well, if you do well, you're with us. If you fail, well, we knew you're probably no good anyhow kind of thing. And so it was like not a lot of support. My father's exact words were, when are you going to get a real job? Why don't you give up this gimme, gimme stuff? And so... I can remember when Lori and I were engaged and at our wedding, one of the first times in my life I heard someone say to me, it was her father, in giving a speech, how proud he was that Lori had married a pastor. And I was like, whoa. I mean, actually somebody thinks that's a good job. I thought we were just a bunch of losers and we, you know, we had to just die for Jesus. You know, it's like, there's not a lot of encouragement out there. 
And back in the days, there wasn't a lot of money either. And so I just want to start there just to challenge you with the importance of the call of God, the importance and the value of how important it is to, to not lose heart, to not be discouraged, to, to keep the faith, to keep pressing on, to keep a joyful spirit, to keep a right heart as you serve God in your life. And so for the, the deacons that are, have been put in place today, I just want to read in Luke chapter 4, a few verses, I think they'll be up there. I hope they're up there. Yes. And now I've got to go to my Bible app because I told them ESV and that's what they put up there. And then I went with NIV. So let's, let's read it. Come on. Technology. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he's full of the Spirit. He's being led by the Spirit. And the first place he goes is into the wilderness. For 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And verse 9, And he took him to Jerusalem, and he set him up on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command the angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Amen? So what we see is... What I've taken from it this morning are three tests that every leader is going to be tested. And I'm dedicating it to the new deacons, but it's for all of us. It's for everyone who follows Jesus. And we see these tests in Jesus' life as he begins his ministry. He's baptized at the River Jordan. He's full of the Spirit. He's led of the Spirit. And if you keep going in Luke, he's brought out in the power of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much do we need him? And then he... He stands up in front of the temple and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. And he begins his ministry. And that's where we are today. We are in that place where the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, upon you. And we have been called to set captives free, to open prison doors, open blind eyes, to, to minister to people. We are called into ministry, into serving, and specific offices in the church that we are hearing about today. And we see in the Bible, and we put the, you know, why do we have deacons and elders? And why do we, we put leaders in place? It's because we're a family. And a family has structure, and a family has order, and there's fathers and mothers and children, and, and there's, there's authority and there's position. Not more importance than another, but there's offices. There's, there's, there's order that God has put there in order to, to help the family run smooth, to make this, this thing work. There's structure. 
And the Spirit of God moves, but He moves between, like a river between the banks. He, he sets the banks, but they, there are banks of how God moves. And when we remove those banks, when we remove the Scripture, and we remove the structure, it turns into this marsh of just nothing. But when we have a, some banks on it and we put some things in place, that river flows and touches the world. And that's what the structure of a church is. It's not because, you know, we're the boss and you're the, the parasites. I, I, I shouldn't use that word, but it's like God has a plan to take the kingdom forward. And so he, he has a structure. It's, it's like a tree that grows tall. It's, the life is in it, but it needs that structure as well just to, to be strong. And so as we put people into office for a purpose and for a and everybody's in agreement and say, yeah, these are, the, these are the leaders. We can trust them with our church, with our lives. It, it brings structure to, to the church and allows God to move. And it's a safe place and it's a good place. But as we do that, as Jesus steps into his ministry, there were three tests. And I want to give them to you quick that I have. I'm skipping so many good things here, brother. Hallelujah. I have to buy my book Later. Oh. <laughs> you know, he always mocks me about a grandfather word. I receive that these days. I am my best as a grandfather. I got to tell you, when I get with my little beautiful grandchildren, I l it changes me. <laughs> so a grandfather word is a good word. Grandfathers are good people. Hallelujah. We are kind. I, I, I tell our church many times, I'm my, at my best when I'm a grandfather. And I want to be that guy. And I want to value people like I do my little precious children. And grandchildren, I just, oh, they get you. You'll understand it if you're a grandparent. So the first test. And I want you to hear my heart this morning in this. But if you're going to do anything for the kingdom, be anything, accomplish anything, I believe God's going to put you through these same tests that he put Jesus through. And you can expand on it. I believe there's more and there's lots we could be saying. But the first one is the test of desire. The test of our hearts. He says, turn the stone into bread. He says he was hungry. You can imagine he was hungry after 40 days. But his desire is being tested. And Jesus always answered well. Amen? He answered with the scripture. He always came back to the word. But his desire was tested. And desire is like at the deepest part of who we are. It's, you know, it's desire, then it's attitude, then it's motivation, and then it's what you actually do. So that desire needs to be tested. What is, what is our response going to be when it's tested? And when it's tested with blessing, it was tested with opportunity, but it also can be tested with despair and trouble and anguish and people not accepting me. You know, you, you step into leadership, you might be, be surprised when you, you know, we're all, it's all fun and games when we're all in agreement. But as soon as someone doesn't agree, that whole obedience, following, surrender, loving gets tested. We're all friends until we're not. Amen? And it gets tested. And you will be tested, my deacon friends. The first time you step up into a position of authority and you're making a decision about something and you're... Desire will be tested. What's your response going to be? It's going to have to be what Jesus responded as. To come with the word, the word of God. And God wants to test that, that place in your heart. After 40 days, he was hungry. He was tempted. And here's, here's how I would put it in my English. 
I should get something for this. You know, I've, you know that's where, I, when I was talking about the watch earlier, that, I knew what was coming here. But that's what creeps into people's hearts. And if you're not careful, you get to that place, well, you know, I've been serving this church in AV and whatever and doing these things, and I, there should be something in this for me. And your heart's tested in that moment. And if you cannot be trusted to handle little and, and the things of this world, how is he going to trust you with spiritual things? And so Jesus' heart was tested, and he responded well. And you and I are going to be tested. We are tested all the time, and we're going to be tested more. And the more we can respond well, the, the more God will allow us to be handling and dealing with, whether it's kingdom, finance, money, business, relationships, whatever. When you can deal with that inner desire and come back to God and say, I surrender this to you. God can trust you with more. You know, people say, you know, what's in it for me? I should get something. Are you going to obey God or his word? God's word or your own desires? And as Jesus told his disciples, my food is to do the will of my Father. You know, we can read, that comes off our lips so easily. But I'm telling you, being in ministry, the longer I'm in it, the more it's tested, the more your heart is challenged, you come back to that place. You know, my food is to do the will of God. I am going to serve God. The hordes are with me, the hordes are against me. My decisions are loved, they're not loved. It's like, God, I'm going to be faithful to you. Another area that you see that in this test is the misuse of gifts, the misuse of, of, of our callings, our positions, for our own benefits. Self-promotion, position. See how, you know, do people realize how much I've done for Jesus? <laughs> a sense of privilege or a sense of loss of privilege. It's, just, it's the same problem. So we'll be tested. Get ready. You'll be tested in the good times and you'll be tested with despair in the area of your, your desires. Oh, man, they come, you know, you think, well, I've crucified this thing and it comes alive again. And then you, you see someone get a watch at five years and it comes alive again. <laughs> That's such an easy example to use. There's much, much bigger ones that I could use that I don't even want to scare you with in my life. And you wouldn't even listen to me this morning. The second test, but listen, if you do not respond how Jesus responded with the word of God, you're going to get tested again and again and again. And it's not if, it's when. It's when. When the floods come. When the challenges come. When they come. And are you still happy? You still want to be in ministry? It's the, pass the test. Just get it right. Just say, God, I, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm going to serve you and I'm going to find joy in it. I'm going to love people till Jesus comes. And I'm going to serve your church. I'm going to serve the house of God. You know, I, I don't want to start it even, but I've often preached on the 11th hour workers, the privilege of serving God. The privilege. The second test is the test of authority. It says, fall down and worship me. You know, I'll give you. I'll give you. And Jesus has tested with authority, and we will be tested in, in authority. You, you step into authority, 
a position of authority, whether it's a father, you become dominant, you become this angry dictator guy, you know, ultimate power ultimately corrupts, you know all the sayings. But authority is going to be tested in your life. And here's my English. It's desiring more than what is ours. It's, it's comparing ourselves. And I think Amy said it in the prayer meeting. We, we heard this last week or whenever it was. But just that idea of, of staying in your lane, of walking in the calling and the gifting that God has given you. And when you do that, it flows. It's easy. It's not, you're not comparing yourself to others. You're not competing with others. You're not grasping for something that's not yours. You're walking in the authority that God has given you. You're walking in your lane. You're walking in your gifting. And you can celebrate someone else's gifting. And they can be you know, flourishing and going way ahead of you. And you're rejoicing with them because we're not comparing. We're not competing. We are free. We're, we've passed that test. In that, in that realm of authority, I know who I am in God, and I know how, what i got to walk in. And it, 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 it gets tested, and when you pass it, you walk in this sweet place of ministry that you can rejoice that, that Generations Church is far ahead of us, and they're moving with God, and they have amazing worship going on up here. And we praise God. That's not a competition. That's something to, to, to inspire us to do more. Hallelujah. And we... We pass that test. It's never satisfied. If, you know, sometimes it's easier to understand the positive by talking about the negative. But that idea of never satisfied, looking at others, comparing. It was Korah who, who said to Moses, Moses, who made you a ruler over us? You know, in this test, we oft, it, it's using position to gain power. It's to get the upper hand. It's to... It's to to work the situation. The devil did it all the time. Can you handle authority? If you were going to be a leader, you're going to have to learn to handle authority. If you're going to be a good parent, you're going to have to learn to handle authority and what it means and what it means to, to not wimp out when it's not fun and what it means to not abuse it and all those things. And as a church leader, we need that in our life. And as a Christian, we need that in our life, that we can handle authority. We can handle the pressure. We can handle when the good things come and we can handle when the challenges come. And the third one is the test of pride. Jesus was tested. He says, jump off the highest point of this temple. Here's my take on it. The short version is our calling is not for our display. It's not for us to, to show off. It's not for us to build to see, oh, people say, oh, he's a man of God. Look at him. Watch him. Pride is a killer. And if you don't pass the test of pride, if you don't pass the test of, of you know, your desire, of, of authority, and of pride, of, of that need in every one of us to, 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 to get ahead of someone else and to, to kind of, you know, overemphasize some of the good things, you know, to, to almost add to it. I used to hate evangelists who would come to Tanzania and, and do meetings because that's where we were for many years before doing crusades. And you know, then I'd read their newsletters and it was like, man, wasn't it enough what God did that you've got to come and add stuff to that? That you've got to put my hand and you know, pictures and whatever. It's like, listen, if God is working, if God is moving, if God is doing something, we don't have to add to it. We can just walk in... 
Humility, walk in the truth. Walking in humility simply means to walk in the truth. When they said to Jesus, are you God? He said, yeah, I am. I am that I am. If they asked me, are you God? Well, you know, I'm a little bit like God. It gets all weird. Just walk in who I am. I know what my strengths are. I know some of them, and I know some of my weaknesses. There's some stuff I can do okay, and there's stuff I'm terrible at. I know I can walk in that. When I'm walking in the truth, there's a humility there. And I love when leaders walk in the truth, and they walk in humility, and they're not ashamed of their gifting. They're not ashamed of who they are. They're in their lane. They're doing their thing, and they're handling it well, and God just comes and gives a double portion. And he blesses more, and he gives more, and more of the kingdom, and more responsibility, more finance, more business, more whatever it is we're involved in. And we just keep walking faithfully before God. And he touches and uses our life like never before. It's not to get yourself ahead. It's not so you'll look good. Pride destroys. You'll be tested in your greatest achievements and in your failures. Let me just conclude this stuff. People who think they're nothing and everything have the same problem. They're only thinking of themselves. Romans 12 talks about having sober judgment, walking in sober judgment. You know, don't think more highly than you, you ought to, but walk in sober judgment. It just means being honest and being humble, walking in truth. And in that section, he, he talks about different giftings, different parts of the body, and then loving like brothers. That's Romans 12. It broke down into three parts. But it's like, you know, we all have gifts. We all have our place. And then we're to love one another like in brotherly love. And, and think soberly about ourselves. Don't let pride come in and rob us and kill us. And whenever I mention that walking, you know, in, in brotherly love, Philadelphia, <laughs> walking in, in fam, family love, I always remember my oldest brother, George. And I've shared his story so many times, but he never served the Lord his whole life. He's a wild man. And when he was supposed to come to our weddings, and I think I told you this story here, because we always used to come up to Fairview and spend time with him. I love my brother. But he was a rascal. He was supposed to be the best man at my other brother's wedding. And the day before the wedding, he called my brother and said, we have a horse show, we're not going to come. So my brother's got the weirdest photos of his wedding you've ever seen. I'm in a brown suit. Brian's in a white suit. Howard, his friend who took his place, is in a blue thing. And it's like we're all sitting there looking like, what happened? Like, these people had no plan. And then go ahead about four or five years, and it's my wedding, our wedding. And I knew better than to make him a best man. So we invited him. So the day before the wedding... Sorry, we can't come. The sun is shining and we got to finish our hay. I'm like, so this is what I'm trying to get to. I get to tell my brother, you know what? One day, when you're dead, we're going to put you in the ground and there's going to be nothing, no one there. There's going to be a couple of old horses coming and looking into that pit and, and checking you out. But here's the point. Brotherly love, listen, it's a different kind of love. It's a different kind of relationship with one another. Because no matter with all that history, if there's one person I would call, if I was in, in life and death situation, 
it would be my oldest brother. We're brothers. You get it? It's like we walk in something of that. We are, we are family. And we have different gifts, and we have different callings, and we're all going to be used differently. But we're going to pass these tests, brothers. We're, gonna, we're not going to allow pride to tear us apart and ruin us and puff us up and destroy us. We're not going to let authority and the abuse of it ruin us. And we're not going to let the desires of our hearts get a hold of us and take us out in the ministry. And I said it earlier, listen, we want to, this is a long-term thing, serving God. And if you have messed up, and we all have, if you have gone through seasons that are, seem fruitless and seem barren, I'm telling you, Keep going. It's like Churchill's saying, you know, if you're going through hell, keep going. Just keep walking. Keep, keep serving. Get up again and serve him. I, I remember a young man in our church, he was battling with cocaine addiction, and he's an amazing young guy, and he has a beautiful wife, and he had a great career, and he just kept, he just could not beat this cocaine habit. And he wants to be in the worship band. He's an amazing musician, and, he, and we sat with him, and we talked with him, the only word I had for him so many times was, if you fall down 10,000 times, get up again. Get up again. Just keep getting back up. And I could, if we had time, I could share his testimony of where he is today. And just, just get back up. And when you get tested in the areas of your life and you're challenged, can I just encourage you to get back up? Serve God. Give him your life. Again and again in a fresh way, in a new way. So this morning, ministry is serious. (laughs) It's to be done with a sense of privilege, humility, and for the glory of God. And it breaks my heart that so many people I know, colleagues of mine, friends of mine, they don't retire in the ministry. They burn out. They fail. They, they give up. They become life coaches. That's a way out these days. And you become a, a, you study a theology degree or something. Can I ask you as a congregation this morning, will you pray for your leaders? Will you ask God to encourage them? Will you encourage them? Will you find ways to encourage the leaders of this church? Will you... Build them up. Will you follow them? Will you trust them? Will you encourage them, is what I'm saying, again and again, in order that the kingdom of God can go ahead? That's my prayer this morning. And here's the deal. When we are encouraged as a leader, I'm I'm talking about the royal we here. When we are encouraged, when we are strengthened, man, we got stuff to give. We can come alongside anybody. We can, we can walk through valleys. We can lift one another. We, we got margins to live with. And we just need encouragement from you and from one another and from God himself. He's the great encourager. He's the great comforter. And this morning, maybe we can close in prayer by asking you today, you know, if you need encouragement, you need comfort, you need strengthening. I tell you, you've got an amazing group of people that lead this church. And it, Travis, I'll, I'll quit and I'll call you in a second. Is that okay? 
But could I, could, you, could I just be the grandfather here today? Can I ask all the elders and deacons and Travis and Amy to come here and stand here with me? Is that okay? And I won't make this long, and I'm going to ask Travis to close. He knows the story. What an amazing group. Come on. You, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. A while ago, I felt God was in it. And he's not in it this morning, so don't worry. I'm not going to make you do it. But we, we have standing ovations in our church. And anybody can call one. It's not just me. I did a first couple. But anybody in the church can call one. And I'm telling you, we'll, we'll rearrange the whole service if someone calls one. But there's times, man, we need to give a standing ovation to people. Is that okay? We honor God, trust me. Sorry, we, we give glory to God, but it's okay to honor men and women. Amen? It's a good thing. You need it. I need it. We need it. They need it. To honor one another and encourage them. But I, I didn't plan to say all of that. But what I wanted to ask you this morning is with this amazing group of people standing here, you guys are an amazing team. Good work, you guys. Good work. I want to ask you to stand with me. And I, I'm asking you, if you need prayer, you would need encouragement. I'm saying to you, I would love to see this whole church up here, but what, just come and let them speak a word to you. Let them put their hand on you. May they comfort you. May they encourage you today. Is that okay? And you know what that does? That tells this group of leaders that you honor them. You honor their calling. You honor their position. You honor who they are. And it's, it's, it's not a, you don't have to come here and say, I'm broken and my marriage is destroyed. Maybe it is. I don't know. God will touch you. But you can just come and say, you know, pray for me, brother, sister. This is an amazing team. And it doesn't have to be a two-hour prayer. Huh? Okay? So I want to invite you to come. Just come. Do me a favor this morning. Just come. and Let this amazing team pray for some of you today. Okay? I'll wait. Don't sit down. Get up here. You need a prayer. You have a request. You, yeah, go right close. I know distancing and all the rubbish going on. Hey, hey. Do what you got to do and pray shortly. And, but I appreciate you guys. And I'm doing this as a, just to encourage you as leaders. We honor you guys today to step forward. I'll quit talking. Please, please come. Just rush the stage. Hallelujah. And then I'll... Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.